Welcome to the Data Connection, the Festive Road and PredictTech's Innovation Partnership Podcast. This episode is one of a series of podcasts exploring the intimate relationship between data and strategy in the future world of travel and meetings management. Today, recorded live from the ACT Conference in Chicago, Laura Ellis from Festive Road and Tom Tullock from PredictTech are joined by the Global Corporate Travel and Meetings Operations and Procurement Leader from S&P Global, Anne Deary. They're here to discuss measuring up, how to evaluate and benchmark travel program success. So welcome in to the Data Connection, our Rodex podcast series. Yes, welcome Anne. It's great to have you here as we bring our podcast series west. The last one we did was in London and uh, we're lucky to have a mutual festive road and PredictX client here to talk to us uh, on all things data. We're both well acquainted with the work that you've been doing at S&P Global, and we'd like to hear more about uh, what you've achieved in program visibility. So again, welcome and thank you for being here. Thank you both very much. I'm really delighted to be here. As you know, I'm a big believer in the combination of data and strategy. So working with both of your organizations comes a second nature to us at S&P. And recording this podcast is really exciting. It is. It's fun, right? So today, we come live from the last day of the ACT Global Summit in Chicago conference. It was a great conference, and I've got to tell you what I really enjoyed from this conference was the open layout and all the little mini innovation sessions that you have. You have a lot of new technology coming in, and you have 15 or 10 minutes to listen to what they're doing. I found that pretty interesting. Yeah, that was interesting, and it's certainly a departure from what uh, we've seen at ACT conferences in the past. I thought it was a unique and, and new approach. I think the challenge is that we all recognize that, you know, there's so much information and education going on, it's hard to absorb it all. You can't make every single session, especially when there's competing demands on your time. But what struck me about the conference really was, you know, the emphasis on data and technology. It seems like everybody's really, really hungry, high appetites for learning about new and emerging technologies and and the things that they can do uh, managing data. Yeah, I agree with both of you that uh, I definitely like the new layout. I thought it was very innovative to have the use of earphones and channels and things like that so you can listen to multiple different sessions going on at the same time. It led to a lot of great peer-to-peer networking in very unexpected places throughout the uh, the entire sessions. So uh, I think it was definitely a, a great step forward in, uh, in a different way of doing these types of conferences. Right. So before we get distracted by all the wonderful things happening at ACT, let's get back to the data, because after all, that is why we're here. An excellent way to do that is by analyzing some data ourselves. So over the last four weeks, we've been assessing the way corporations measure program success through a survey we did with a number of members of the travel management community. So we're going to talk a little bit about the results of that survey. But before we dive into that, let's touch base with Anne. So, Anne, just a question, maybe stepping back uh, a little bit. Um, You know, obviously, when you came on to uh, S&P Global, by the way, happy two-year anniversary. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, What were some of the things that you quickly recognized that, uh, you know, led you to the decision to make an investment in in data management? And describe a little bit about how that journey went and how you got uh, the support of the different key stakeholders within your organization to make that move and that investment. 
That's a really good question. Well, first of all, when I came on board, it was the first time the company had ever invested in a full-time global category director of travel and meetings. In the past, uh, the category had been managed by multifunction general journalist type uh, procurement leaders. Uh, They had a smattering of knowledge about travel, but they didn't have the same uh, breadth of experience that I have had, especially on their operational side of, of the business. So as soon as I came on board, my remit was to revamp the entire program top to bottom. We needed to revisit, reassess our TMCs, our airline program, hotel program, ground transportation, and especially our data management solution. Because frankly, at that point in time, we didn't really have one, and the company was really struggling. So as a a company that actually brings business intelligence to our own customers externally, we were struggling internally with that same objective. Based on my past experience at my former employer, I was well-versed in the benefits of working with PredictX. And when I realized how challenging that problem was within S&P Global, I brought to the attention of my line manager the work that we had done at my previous company. Uh, When he looked at the assessment that was done, he insisted that we bring PredictX in for an intro meeting, and that just kind of took on a life of its own. We were able to give them a, a very thorough demonstration of the power behind the tool and how we could become very quickly independent from our supply chain when it came to data management. So those were two very strong objectives with bringing in a third party to manage our T&E data. From the supplier aspect, from the TMC perspective, uh, we revamped the whole company. We left two of our longtime TMC partners and went with a fairly new type of solution because we wanted to drive more online booking, a more technology-driven travel program, which we succeeded in. So after a year and a half of implementation, we actually have over 80% adoption for online booking globally. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Congratulations. So we have really a lot of success to talk to about the problem. So what's the importance of measuring success at S&P Global, and how do you go about it? Well, we actually just started measuring our own success of the travel program. I've been with the company now about two years, and the first year and a half was spent implementing a new TMC, globalizing the program, and consolidating 31 countries under one agency. Last fall, we did our first customer service survey, which was very exciting and insightful. And what we found was, you know, the best feedback is from our stakeholders at every level of the organization. So I think measuring our success is not only through various KPIs and metrics that we all use within our programs as far as lost cost savings and compliance, but also just getting that natural feedback from your end user, whether it's their experience with the online booking tool, their experience speaking with an agent, the entire travel experience itself, you know, from start to finish, and if you're providing them with the right supplier mix. You know, it's interesting that you say that because the first question on our survey to the community was, which of the following do you use to assess how well your travel program is doing? And the top two reasons that we got, one, I use the data to count the wins, like favorable rates with suppliers, improved cost savings, and year-over-year improvement, KPIs, which you mentioned, right? Right. And the second most popular uh, response was, I assess the level of satisfaction achieved from my travelers the very two things you mentioned. Right, right. Well, those are really the two, as far as I'm concerned, the two most important aspects of a program. You know, I think perhaps the user experience is really the most important. So another question we asked on the survey, how important is it to measure your 
travel program against the following. So there were three categories, general industry, equivalent size programs, and direct peer group. And very important was the direct peer group. Next was the equivalent size program. And you know, I found that interesting because I think when you do sourcing, even though you can have a direct peer group, if your spend is smaller than maybe another one in your, so I don't know, pharma for example, or finance, if you've got this much spend, you could be benchmarking against you know, a company that's much larger than you that may be able to drive more. So what are your thoughts around where you benchmark your program? Yeah, I thought this question was very interesting. I thought the responses were unique. I would actually include a fourth type of response about benchmarking against yourself, which is really the way I have always historically benchmarked my programs. I think there's definitely something to be said about peer-to-peer benchmarking. But as you said, there are nuances between companies. In my former company, I worked for one of the largest generic pharmaceuticals in the world. When we would benchmark ourselves against other pharmas that were predominantly commercially-based pharmas, it wasn't apples to apples. We had a very small profit margin compared to theirs. So our travel was much more frugal in nature than most pharmaceuticals. So I think peer-to-peer benchmarking uh, needs to be looked at very carefully. I don't think you could just assume that just because companies are within the same industry, they actually uh, have the same business model or financial model. True. So that's why I prefer to look at benchmarking against myself. So benchmarking divisions against divisions, driving travel behavior by a bit of that, you know, calling attention to poor behavior between one division and another. Having that bit of competition within a company, I think it's both healthy and I think it actually drives a kind of change in travel behavior that you're looking for, that you're looking to do actually when you implement various initiatives to drive cost savings. So that's really fascinating, uh, this internal benchmarking approach, you know, the old adage of what gets measured gets managed. And first of all, you have to expose the metrics for people to understand where they where they fall, right? right? So this internal benchmarking, it sounds like you've seen behaviors change as you've exposed that information. Can you talk a little bit about that and what the drivers are of the change? Sure. So I think an, an easy driver is something like online booking, right? I mean, if you're looking at an organization that has four or five different divisions, each division has more or less the same routes, the same destinations, you know, it does become a bit of an eye-opener why one division may be more technically inclined, more driven to using online booking than another. And I think when you expose that and you expose the fact that the online booking tool is also tremendous cost savings from a transaction value as well, it then leads to change behavior. I mean, sometimes within an organization, you might have a business division that is in a legacy division versus a newly acquired division, which happens often at S&P. So I think in those situations, the legacy divisions probably need a little bit more education. They need a little bit more handholding to get through that change management to become more familiar with the online booking tool and the functionality around that tool. And once that education and that communication um, is done, I think you can quickly see change. So clearly the behavior changes that you've identified have been subtle but real based on this internal benchmark. Is that fair to say? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And that's something you continually monitor and then help training and that type of thing? Because you have a, correct me if I'm wrong, but a fairly diverse set of employees, correct? We do. We do. And we have a very diverse group of business divisions. As I said, we have some legacy divisions. We have some newer divisions. And I do think that when you educate and communicate and have focus sessions with various stakeholder group and you listen to them discuss what their pain points are with the travel program or the functionality of the tool and then you address it in an open forum, I think it leads to a lot 
better collaboration and use of the tool. So you're two years in now. You've made a lot of inroads. Where would you classify your travel program maturity? I would say that we're somewhere between managed and strategic. I think we are better managed now that the program has become globalized under one TMC and as also under one travel procurement organization. So there's really one voice speaking about the program and the initiatives and the education, the training. It's more or less coming from myself with support from my procurement colleagues in EMEA and APEC. Uh, which wasn't the case in the past. It's becoming more strategic because we're working with partners like yourself and PredictX to actually put strategy around our data management, uh, around other aspects of the program, so that we can drive more savings, we can optimize the program, and we can really meet the expectations of all of our end users. Yeah, so our results show that the majority of our respondents feel that they are in the a managed program with the next category being proactive. But moving to that strategic, what do you think data and understanding your data and leveraging your data, do you think that plays a part in the strategic, moving to a strategic program? Oh, it absolutely does because the data really tells a story of what's going on with your supply chain and what's going on with your online adoption and your compliance to your policy. It's, it's all about the data. So unless you have a good data management program in place and that you can actually produce uh, various dashboards and reporting and push this out to various line managers and other stakeholders so they can understand the story behind the travel behavior and how it's affecting the travel program, the bottom line of the company, you won't be able to get to a strategic level with your program without the data. So one question we asked on the survey, and I was really stunned by the responses on this. Did benchmarking your program drive any action that led to program improvement? 80% said no. It's shocking. So 80% said no, 20% said yes, it did drive action, but there's no conclusive benefit from the action. Really strange. Yeah, I thought that was a very strange response as well, but I wasn't really as surprised perhaps because I think if you go back to what the other question regarding benchmarking was, who are you benchmarking yourself against? I think it does lead to this 80% saying it doesn't really create change because if you're benchmarking yourself against your peers, it's very hard to decide what kind of behavior your company is doing versus your peers that is creating this variance yep. per se, right? But when you benchmark yourself against your own organization, against the different parts of your organization, then it's much easier to understand where the anomalies are. But it takes you know, a certain amount of insight into how your organization functions and how your various business divisions, what their business model is, perhaps there's a different model within the organization. That would affect the way the travelers behavior is in different parts of the organization. So it creates an actionable plan. And it creates a more actionable plan. Yes. Yes. Interesting. So I I do think in in my situation, when we benchmark against ourselves and we're looking division by division, and again, using online booking because it's one of the easier KPIs to benchmark against, it becomes easier to change that behavior. Because when you say, well, why does this organization achieve 80% online booking Uh, in this particular country or this particular market, but in this market, we're only getting 65, you know, it it becomes easier to drill down to what is that root cause. So, Anne, quick question. Back to the 
quantitative and qualitative aspects of program management. As you're aware, Festive Road and PredictX enjoy a partnership. We're committed to unveiling a lot of different products over the course of the next 18 months, one of which you're highly interested in. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I believe you're going to be a first adopter of our health check. Sure. Well, you know, what intrigued me about the health check was this idea that you could look at our data and our various data sources and let us know based on benchmarking against your other clients how accurate and complete and quality of our data was compared to the uh, the benchmark group. And I was very interested in that considering we have a new TMC partner, considering that we are using data that's being fed in from our corporate card and an API into our expense reporting tool. So I thought this was a very novel concept and I wanted to try it out to see where we stand against our peers. Well, thanks for being uh, a first adopter of the health check. Laura, anything to add to that? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about the health check. I think the thing that is really interesting to me is the whole data visibility, right? Because I think that until you understand what your data visibility is in your program, you really don't know everything about your program. I mean, right. Yeah. So I think that is the most exciting thing for me out of the health check. And then starting to see clients as that data does become more visible, then you really understand how mature your program is at every single level right? Most buyers, I think, can somewhat guess right now. They have pieces of data here and there. But I think when you're looking holistically, I think that's the difference, right? That would set you apart. Yes. And I def- I'd always think that a holistic look at the data really makes the difference. In our industry, the data is very siloed. We're working with multiple different suppliers. They all have different objectives to some degree. And when you look at things across the board in a broader perspective, you know, it really does give you a different picture of how well your program is going and if you're going in the right direction and and if changes need to be made. So, Anne, with these different levels or different areas of the program, from the C-suite to the travel arranger, what type of data do you use to articulate the success of the program or articulate areas of improvement of the program? What are the data point differences between these two categories, for example? Sure. Well, I think when you're looking at the C-suite, they're looking for policy compliance, driving cost savings. You know, I think your typical KPIs around a managed travel program and how well it's being managed, right? I think when you're talking about travel arrangers and the travelers themselves, what they're probably looking for are what is the reporting around the success of our preferred supplier programs? You know, how many of our bookings include attachment? So if someone's doing a trip that's multiple days, you know, are they actually booking the hotel through the agency? I think those are metrics that speak more to the actual end users of the program. I also think when you talk about just the cost of the program, you know, the transaction fees, when you have a program like mine where our transaction fees are only about 1.5% of the overall cost, I think that speaks to multiple layers within the organization. They realize this is a very cost-effective program, and the tool has become easier to use. So I think those are metrics that speak to kind of multiple layers within the organization. But again, you know, I think the C-suite is always looking at those compliance metrics, cost-saving metrics. They want to make sure that all the time you spent negotiating new contracts or driving actual savings, whether they're hard or soft. But I think as you go lower into the organization, it's really about the experience, the experience of using the online booking tool, the experience of using our preferred suppliers, 
and and are you meeting those expectations? So question, is the C-suite seeing some of these metrics for the very first time in your program? They are. They are seeing them. As they look at those high-level metrics and say, tell me more, does your phone ring? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have to say that the more that we have been sharing the metrics, the more pockets of stakeholders are popping up. They're saying, you know, I need to have customized reporting. This typical report used to take us, you know, two weeks to prepare manually from different systems. And by using the PredictX platform, for instance, can we automate this? That has happened time and time again. But it's true. I think once you get metrics out there and there is faith in the quality and the integrity of the data, then it kind of takes on a life of its own. Okay, so last question for both Anne and Tom. What piece of advice would you give travel managers wanting to measure program success? Anne, you first. I think the biggest piece of advice is that you really have to trust your data aggregation tool or whatever system you're using or the supplier you're using, you really have to trust the integrity of your data. And that I think you should always start with, you know, typical KPIs that we have all been using and then start to expand on that as your program becomes more managed, more strategic. You know, you, you can't bite off too much in the beginning and you should really kind of start slowly and then slowly ramp up. But I do think getting a handle on your data management solution and your and how you're measuring your program and the success of your program, very valuable to ensuring that your program has longevity and that you actually have the buy-in from all levels of your stakeholders. You know, I like that you said start small and start with the basics because I think sometimes you think it's so big and it's overwhelming and then you don't get started. So start with something small and then build up to that. Your data will tell you what you need to measure me- measure next. Exactly. Right? That's a good point, Laura. Exactly. I, I think I'd even add to that is start with your end goal in mind, right? So if, if you have certain program goals that you think are priority goals that you want to achieve, understand what data is needed to drive to those goals because data doesn't lie. If you got the right tools and you're measuring it and capturing it and reporting on it the, the way you should be, it'll help you achieve those goals. And that would be the advice I'd give people. Measuring success seems to have so many facets to it. I don't think we realized just how important it was until we developed Health Check and tested it with Ann and a couple other clients. Thanks for sharing your thoughts today, Ann. Truly was a pleasure having you. And we look forward to seeing you at a future podcast. Thank you very much, Tom and Laura. It's been a real pleasure being here. And I'm looking forward to coming back in the future to see what's changing within our own industry and also what's changing within S&P Global's program. Great. Thanks, Anne. Well, that's all from the Festive Road and PredictX team, or as we like to say, Team RoadX. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Data Connection podcast. You can find this episode and the next one and the results from our research that we discussed on the podcast today on thedataconnectionpodcast.com. We're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please leave a review and rate if you can.